I used to do lots of paranormal investigating, otherwise known as ghost hunting, popularly, and I mostly did it alone, since it was hard to find people to do it with me, I guess, because I'm a weirdo, and they didn't know anyway. They were scared of the ghosts or of me, I'm not sure which. So I ended up spending lots of time alone, and hopefully not illegally, in cemeteries, many of them old and abandoned out in the middle of nowhere. I asked lots of questions in voice recorders, mostly got nothing in return, you know, like, is anyone here? I'd read the name on the tombstone, are you with me tonight? Uh, mostly got nothing. However, I once asked in a particular cemetery if anyone was there, and at the time I heard nothing. When I got back home, I reviewed everything, and there was a very distinct yes whispered into the, the tape, <laughs> the voice recorder. It was the word yes, and it was, you know, it was there. At least it sounded like it to me. This is what we call an EVP. We're going to be talking about those tonight. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. Welcome to Fangs and Folklore here in the uh, studio in the basement of the abandoned castle in the middle of the enchanted forest. I am expert in all things monster, paranormal, and horror. I'm a, I'm a horror writer from the swamps of Louisiana, and I welcome you to my frightening world. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story. It's book one of a six-book series about the gravediggers who are a failed punk rock band who keep running into all sorts of monsters and ghoulies and things of the night. It's horror comedy, super entertaining, and uh, one through five are already out. Six is coming out very soon, and they're available paperback. Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and most of them now in audiobook as I work on that. Okay, it's our tradition to do a wine review here on Fangs and Folklore. So what I'll do, tonight's wine is a Vecchia Cantina Chianti DOCG Riserva 2016. Uh, I'll flash the label up there on the screen for you to take a look at. And James Suckling gives it a 90. I I'm a much more of wine spectator guy than James Suckling. I don't trust all of his reviews. That being said, here's the tasting notes that the, the company gives. Uh, no, I'm sorry, James Suckling gives. Dried cherry and wet earth aromas and flavors, as well as dried flowers. Medium to full body, round, velvety tannins with chocolate and cedar aftertaste. Delicious at the finish. So here we go in my skull goblet. Okay, on the nose. Definitely so. Oh, I'll stick my nose in the wine there. Definitely the, uh, definitely some cherry there. For that's, that's absolutely certain. Let's see, take a taste here. Okay, I see what he knows, says about earth aromas for sure. There's some earthiness there. That that may uh, may come from the aging because it's a reserva. And if I'm not mistaken, for Chianti, for DOCG Chianti, I think it has to be aged two years in oak, at least two years in oak for a reserva, uh, or a year and a half Grand Reserva too, but something like that, at least a year and a half, probably two. And it's a 2016, so that's six years old. So it's pretty good. It's really good. Medium to full body, I agree round tannins. The tannins are definitely there, and he says a cedar aftertaste. suppose I can detect that. Delicious at the finish. It's a very nice finish. So, yeah, it's a good wine, I'll say. Um, Chianti can age pretty well. I've had Chianti from 1986, like not too long ago. It, it's, you know, Bordeaux is known as a well-aging grape. The Sangiovese, which is, they make Chianti with, it also can age well if it's a good year, a good structure. So this is, this is really not bad. I like it. I'm going to quickly, uh, I'm excited about something. Quickly, I bought a new pair of Doc Martin boots, Doc Martin's boots, and um, I got a huge discount on these or else I could not have afforded them. This is a limited edition that they stopped making, and so I'm so thankful I got that. I'm going to put up a picture here on the screen. You know, Doc Martin's boots, they're iconic. If you want the best boots money can buy for, for hiking or for... Uh, you know, for work, don't get Doc Martens. <laughs> they're, 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 they're a particular boot. They have some things about them, like the sole and the welting that's very, very good, actually. Some of the leather is very nice. 
but they just represent subculture, you know, and counterculture and rock and roll and punk rock and emo and goth and all the things I love. And you probably do too if you're watching this. Uh, quick story, I found this interesting. Pete Townsend of The Who, uh, before a concert back in probably lore, the 60s, saw a pair of used Doc Martens in a store, bought them, and played them on stage that night. They became popular after that, and since then, as you probably know, they have been associated with counterculture, rock and roll, you know, all the subcultures that we love and know. So I just wanted to share that with you. All right, EVP, that stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. By the way, the singular is phenomenon with an N. The plural is phenomena with an A. I hear a lot of people get that wrong. It's not phenomenas or phenomenons. It's phenomenon, phenomena. Okay, the linguist in me had to say that. Uh, it's from the Greek. It means something that appears or is shown. Paranormal investigators slash ghost hunters have found many times that voices will be recorded on their electronic voice recorders, but these voices are usually not heard by the human ear during the investigation itself. And they go all the way back to tape recorders, too. It's not just digital recorders. It seems to be the, the electric part, the electronic part, that makes it happen. In fact, it happens so much that it's become its own kind of form, its own genre of paranormal investigation. Uh, generally, the theory behind EVP is that ghosts are spirits or creatures from another plane. Oh, my castle cats are running around there, running around there making noise. And so uh, <laughs> they're active tonight. Hopefully the ghosts won't be as active, or will be. Let's hope that. So yeah, another uh, ghost or spirit entities from another plane or world can't use our physics, our laws of physics, to communicate vocally. Or if they can, for some reason, it's really difficult for them. Um, but they can use electromagnetic fields and electric energy and power of these electronic devices to somehow magnify their own power and their own voice. Still, they come through in whispers, so we can only imagine that it must be terribly difficult for a ghost to speak to us. Ultimately, of course, we don't know. That's just a theory. But if they're real, and I think they are, uh, I'll share with you why, then it seems logical, as logical a theory as any. For this episode of Fangs and Folklore, I'm going to play some EV EVPs for you, some audio files. So the question, the first question you should ask, know that, knowing that you're a good skeptic and a good thinker, uh, Fangs and Folklore audience is the best, the most intelligent, skeptical, but also wonderful audience on the internet. Let's keep that in mind in the world you're going to ask, okay, how do I know they're not just all fake? Well, that's a valid question. After all, it'd be easy just to record your voice whispering things, right? Take a recorder, say, I am a ghost, and then, you know, look, everyone, I found a ghost. So really, the only, I agree, it would be easy to pass them off. The only thing we have to go on is the reputation of the investigators uh, whom the EVP come from. Uh, and what I've done is I've, uh, I've made this kind of, this show kind of a matter of trust. I've chosen uh, some investigators that I know for a fact are trustworthy, uh, either from personally speaking to them or their reputation in the paranormal world. And uh, I hope you trust me and my knowledge of the paranormal and horror. Maybe I'm not the world's top expert, but I've studied this stuff and been in the horror world for most of my life, many years. And I mentioned before my master's thesis was on the medieval French witch trials, and during that time I had to delve deeply into things like demonism, witch hunting, magic spells, things like that for my research. So I do know this stuff, and I hope you can at least trust me that I'm choosing EVPs that I believe in, and so I'm not deceiving you, I'm not faking these, and I don't believe the investigators are either. So I've chosen from investigators who have good reputations in the field, who take an objective, professional approach as much as is possible when you're dealing with ghosts. They're people who don't fake evidence and have no problem admitting when there's no evidence. That's really the only way I know to assure you that the, uh, the EVP on this episode are real, and they are. 
So a disclaimer, these audio clips, I have the full clips. I've edited them some only to cut out space between the EVP. Okay, so the part that you're going to hear with the EVP is completely unedited by me. Haven't touched it with any filter, anything whatsoever. It's the pure audio file. The only thing I did was cut out in long clips, cut out the part of, you know, investigators talking that have nothing to do with the EVP for the sake of the show. Okay, the first source is Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans. Now, I know what you're thinking. Don't laugh. Zach Bagans, right? He's a TV star for his ghost hunting show. Sometimes he goes a little overboard in the emotions and the melodramatics. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot of people think he fakes everything on TV for the money and the fame. I happen to know for a fact that this is not true. Um, I'm not going to name drop, but I have spoken actually with one of the founding members of uh, Ghost Hunters, I'm sorry, Ghost Adventures, as well as people who work with the show, and they all assure me the same thing that Nick, uh, one of the original three investigators, uh, got in trouble for saying. He was on an interview, and he was kicked out of the show because what he said was this. He said, while we do sometimes do retakes and kind of, you know, do exaggerate things for TV, we don't fake the evidence itself. And this is known by people who know the show. Zach is philosophically against faking evidence. So while it may look a little melodramatic sometimes, they are doing a TV show, right? And they have camera crews and editors and stuff. The evidence itself is absolutely not faked, okay? Absolutely not. So when they play an EVP for you, they really recorded it. It's real, and they're not faking it. So let's look at some of their best ones. Ghost Adventures EVP number one is in Pacific Grove, California, at a haunted doll shop and museum. Uh, you hear uh, the voice say, what? And then secondly, we can't get through. So what and we can't get through. So I'll play this one for you. Just listen and see what you think. Okay, cueing number one. Are you the handyman? Can you do something? What was that? Yeah, what was that? There's nobody talking but me. You won't get through. You won't get Something through. Get through. Who's that? Who is That's that? That's none of us. That's none of us. This unexplained and ominous voice is incredible. Okay, if you heard that, uh, I think it's pretty clear. Very interesting, right? Uh, what and we can't get through. The Ghost Adventures EVP number two. This is in Santa Quinn, Utah. It's a haunted family restaurant. Okay, just a restaurant. And uh, you're, they're sitting around a table kind of doing a session, an EVP slash seance session. And someone at the table's name is Bobby. That's one of the human people. Like, I think one of the owners of the restaurant is Bobby. And when asked where the spirit is, they ask, where are you? You clearly hear the voice say, I'm next to Bobby. And that comes through immediately. You can you see the whole session. They're not faking it. So it says, I'm next to Bobby. Someone's their name actually is Bobby. All right. So let me go ahead and cue GA EVP number two and let you listen to this. Is there any family members here? Upon immediate review of this session, it doesn't take long before a spirit answers Leslie's question. Who are you standing closest to right now? Is there any family members here? Is there any family members here? Is there any family members here? Oh, you hear that? Yeah, I'm next, next to Bobby. Bobby. That's what I mean. They answered Corey's question after my mom's. Is there any family members here? I'm next, next to Bobby. I'm next to Bobby? Yeah. That's what it just says. Really? Yeah. yeah. A spirit is telling us that it is standing right next to Bobby. And I will remind you, this spirit voice was captured only moments ago during complete silence. Is there any family members here? (laughs) 
Okay, what did you think about that? I'm next to Bobby. That's kind of eerie, right? Like it knows the name of the investigators. Actually, um, uh, on Ghost Adventures, they got a lot of EVPs with the name Nick on it, like over and over. The ghost seemed to really like Nick. He was the guy that was that's no longer on the show. Uh, on their Ovulus machine and in the EVP, they heard his name a lot, so the ghost seemed to like pick on him. I think that's kind of interesting. All right, Ghost Adventures EVP number three. This is in Eureka, Utah, at a haunted former mining cap camp. This is a camp where um, Aaron, another one of the investigators, got totally freaked out by demonic uh, noises, and he ended up refusing to go back. And he, uh, I think he kind of like, he said something followed him home and had weird stuff going around his house. He did not like this episode at all. He's kind of superstitious or religious or something, and he really, really got freaked out on this. You can tell it's genuine. So at a former uh, mining camp from the 1800s, you hear uh, what is basically sounds like a demonic scream. So you hear, first of all, the name Zach Bacons, which is Zach's name from Ghost Adventures. They conduct a summoning ritual with a wizard, which is kind of weird, okay? But basically, the guy does the ceremony wrong. He does something wrong. Then they do an EVP session, and you hear, basically, it, say, uh, it says, who's the name? what name is the spirit connected to? It says Zach Bagans. And then something that sounds very much like a, a, sh a shriek, uh, like a demonic screaming or shriek is caught as an EVP. Definitely not there in the real environment. And it's scary to me. It's scary as hell. So let me let you listen to this one. This is Ghost Adventures EVP number three. I hear Zach. As I ask this entity who it's connected to, it clearly says my full name. I hear Zach. We are all totally unprepared for what is about to be the most terrifying audio evidence we have ever collected. What the? Okay. Are you kidding me right what now? What was that? Never heard that. Never. What brought you here? I've never heard that. Oh, I have never in my life no, heard anything like that. that. Never. It's not human at all. <laughs> okay, what do you think? Uh, that's that's kind of disturbing. <laughs> that sounds demonic. Wow. Yeah, it really does. Okay, source number two. It's a, a YouTube channel called Vegan Voyagers. And I chose this one because the people... They're clearly not out to get EVP. They're a couple of vegans who go around the world to find the best vegan food, which sounds actually interesting to me. Uh, they used to do ghost tours just for fun. Like they weren't investigating the paranormal. You know, you go to a city like Savannah, Georgia, for example, a very haunted city. You take a ghost tour. It's kind of fun. Or New Orleans, you know, around where I'm from, they have ghost tours, vampire tours. They're fun to do. They used to do that as a disclaimer, but they are not paranormal investigators. So number one... Um, this happens in Teo, uh, Teotihuacan, Mexico. And if you know the area, it's an ancient religious site. The Maya, the in uh, Inca, the Aztec were all around kind of that area. Uh, they were not doing an EVP session. They were near this pyramid. And it's ancient, you know, 1,000 years old or more. And they picked up an EVP without realizing it. Uh, they just picked this up. And um, it's my opinion. So first, let me let you listen to it. Okay, so this is uh, Teotihuacan, Mexico. Take a listen to this. 
here it is chopped down without my commentary and here it is slowed down in case that helps you it sounds to me like he's definitely saying something in Spanish or even in one of the ancient languages like Nahuatl or Nahua. Okay, you hear it. Clearly it's a whispering and clearly it, it's not environmental. Or, I mean, this you know, she's just talking about the place. Um, it's, it's not intelligible. It's certainly not in English. It's my opinion as a linguist, by the way, a language teacher at the university level with an MA in languages, that it is not in English or Spanish because it's Mexico. I have studied some of the ancient American languages, especially Maya, and I'm not an expert. I'm not fluent. I can't speak Maya, you know, but I have studied it a lot, and it does seem to have the phonetics of one of those languages. You know, those languages are uh, kind of have some common things. I can't say it is for sure, but if I had to guess, you know, it does something about it sounds like one of those ancient Mesoamerican languages, the pre-Columbian languages. So it's not it's not conclusive, right? It's inconclusive, but the EVP is there. And I thought that was really, really interesting that at that site, you might have a spirit speaking in one of the ancient languages. All right. Thir uh, third source, source number three, Richard Estep. Mr. Estep is a well-known investigator in the paranormal world. He's written several books, been on several TV shows, been on Coast to Coast AM, if you ever used to or still listen to that radio show overnight. He's written several books detailing his investigations. He's a pretty good writer, and they're definitely worth reading. They're very interesting books. So Richard Estep, E-S-T-E-P. You can find them on Amazon. One thing certain about Mr. Estep's reputation in the paranormal community is that he is beyond reproach. He has other people with him. He has skeptics go with him. He never fakes evidence. It's not in his character. He would not uh, fake evidence. Absolutely not, if you know anything about him. He's just about as unimpeachable as you can get when it comes to paranormal evidence. So these are trustworthy. So the first EVP by Richard Estep, the location here is unknown. It wasn't specified, but the EVP is from him. And so a male human asked the question, and then a voice can be heard saying, it's me. All right, so let's, uh, let's listen to this. So S-step EVP number one. Let's cue that one. Okay, so hearing it say, here uh, we hear it saying, it's me. It really does sound like it's me, huh? All right, the, uh, the fourth source is from the show Ghost Hunters. This was one of the early uh, paranormal investigator investigation TV shows. Uh, two guys, two plumbers. One, I think, is a master plumber. The others is apprentice. You know, just this kind of chubby ball guy and his friend. And their group is called the Atlantic Paranormal Society, which the abbreviation is TAPS. And it's very clever, TAPS, because they're plumbers, right? And so these are salt-of-the-earth guys. You know, you can just, they're, they're working guys. They're, they're hardworking, and they, you know, you can tell. And the fact, one reason I know that they're not faking this stuff is for the first several shows, they didn't find much of anything. <laughs> Some people got bored, you know, <laughs> saying, I don't want to watch this show anymore. And they get, they don't get a ton of evidence, actually. But when they do get it, it's very, very interesting. What they do, they investigate a place, they go to the owner, and they do a reveal, like reveal session. Here's what we found, or here's what we did not find. Um, and so <clears throat> Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson are their names. And I think the show is being revived soon. I certainly hope so, because it's a great show. So this is a woman's home. Her daughter has died, and she, she's been having some weird activity, things moving, hearing things, and she's worried maybe it's her daughter's spirit. It turns out she hears it, and she says, no, that's not my daughter, but she hears something very disturbing. Uh, and, and Okay, so this one has two EVPs. First one I think is unintelligible, not sure what it says. The second one says, they don't want us, and it sounds like a child's voice. 
they don't want us. And the woman, after hearing that, kind of had an emotional breakdown, broke down in tears. So let's listen to this one. They don't want us. The first one, we just, uh, just a whisper. So you can see where it is right here. When we hit that area, you're going to hear the whisper. Okay, this one. This is pretty self-explanatory, Grant. I just let her hear it and see her thoughts on it. Okay. Yeah, to me, that one's pretty clear. And like I said, she believed it was children, the spirits of children. And she got really emotional because she didn't want them to feel like she was kicking them out because she didn't want them. You know, if they're the spirits of children, she felt sorry for them. So that one was really, that's a really good show. All right, the fifth, the fifth EVP, and the final one I'm going to play for you before we look at some theories about this, is from the uh, Central New York Ghost Hunters. That's their group. They're based in Syracuse, New York. They are one of the oldest paranormal investigation groups in New York. They're very trustworthy. They've been around a long time. They're very well known, very established. This one is incredible to me. This one is just absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, that's why I saved it for last. This was taken in an allegedly haunted hotel. So they're there for the weekend. And the founder of Central New York Ghost Hunters, Stacy Jones, and then other members of the group went to the hotel on an overnight stay, basically for an investigation, right? Uh, the hotel was built in the late 1800s, and the building has a long, colorful history of some, some very disturbing, nefarious activity, murders, you know, all sorts of betrayal, things like this. A fact that might be key to what is heard in the EVP. So here's, here's what happens. There's two investigators are sitting there on some stairs, I believe, kind of talking. They don't hear anything. This, the room's quiet around them, and they just have their recorder playing. When they listen to it the next day, they hear this wild stuff. Okay, so let me tell you some of the stuff you heard. You hear, some, you hear voices, male and female. You hear footsteps. You hear what sounds like a clock ticking, a grandfather clock, a cuckoo clock. Uh, the EVP, the whole thing is 10 minutes long. You hear a male, a man attacking a woman physically and, you know, a gruff voice. You hear kind of a weird animalistic growling, kind of demonic screaming and other stuff too. You can hear a woman say, get off me. And remember, the, first of all, the hotel doesn't have any such clocks, any ticking clocks. Second, they were sitting there just kind of chatting and the room was silent around them. This is what you. This is what we're going to hear was only captured on the digital recorder. The investigators heard none of it with their ears. This one is wild. Okay, I'm going to play for you a couple of minutes of this. It's too long to play all ten minutes on this show, but let's take a listen. This is just crazy. So let's cue up the uh, clock EVP number one.
Yeah, this is by far the most terrifying and crazy EVP I've ever heard. Remember, there was silence in the real world. It sounds like a huge struggle and attack. There's clocks going off, there's animals, there's demonic growling, there's a woman screaming for help. It's crazy, isn't it? That's just wild. Uh, boy, that one's really terrifying. It's almost as if all the energy, all the negative energy, psychic energy from that building is like imprinting itself on this digital recorder. And it sounds like it's recording some sort of horrible attack, maybe even a murder, maybe several murders. And then that kind of animalistic growling is very frightening because that's a sign often of demonic activity. So that was one hell of an EVP. I hope you agree with me there. All right, so let's talk about some possible explanations for EVP. Here's what comes to my mind, okay? So remember the facts. You're investigating with an electronic voice recorder, digital or analog. You ask some questions. You hear nothing with your own ears during the investigation. When you go back and listen to what you recorded, you hear voices, okay? Whispering voices or sometimes even talking voices or other sounds as we saw. So what are some possibilities, some explanations for this? First of all, I agree they could all be hoaxes. I mean, these could all be people making it up, faking them, hoaxes. I accept this as a possibility when it comes to the paranormal. You know, it could be a hoax. Uh, in these cases, like I said, I specifically chose EVP that come from trustworthy investigators who have great reputations, or like the vegan people weren't even planning on investigating. They were just taking a vegan food trip, right? Like I said about some of the shows, I've spoken to people on these shows and they all say the same thing. They say, we may, we may do a second cut of a scene. We may exaggerate things a little bit for the show, but we do not fake evidence. They all say that, and they, everyone on the show says that. So that's one possibility, though, that they're a hoax. Another skeptical possibility is that the EVP are just real sounds from the environment that investigators happen not to hear. The wind blowing, you know, uh, an animal in the forest, something like that. This could possibly be the case in some of these, e in some EVPs, but when an EVP replies to questions intelligently uh, and, you know, like it's, it's aware or in the context of a location, for example, like I said, Ghost Adventures asking for Nick when he's right there, uh, it seems less plausible that it's just environmental noises. And that last EVP, that crazy one, how could they not have heard all of that if it was real sounds around them? It would have meant that there was some kind of a murder happening around them and they ignored it. Very unlikely. So it could be environmental sounds, but for a lot of them, some of them possible. The good ones, though, Class A EVP, I don't believe that. If they are real, then what are they? Ultimately, we don't know. But some ideas that they're definitely disembodied voices. So some people say they're the voices of ghosts, i.e. deceased humans whose spirits, whose energy, whose souls, whatever you know, may be outside of our physical bodies, are still around. Some of them, like I said, seem to be intelligent, answering questions. If that's the case, why can't we hear them with our own ears? Again, my thoughts are that maybe it's difficult for ghosts to interact with us physically. And after all, they're spirits, right? Not flesh. And so the idea that they maybe can use this electric energy, electronic energy, electromagnetic fields to magnify, strengthen their own voices seems plausible if they're real. Because by using that power, they can only go through the recording machines, right? The power is there in the machine, so that's what amplifies it into the machine rather than into our ears. 
It's a possibility. I think that theory is reasonable. It would also explain why most, not all, but most EVPs are whispers and not loud voices because it's all they can muster up, right? They're, they're already weak and it's already hard to speak. Um, others, like the last one I played, the crazy one, maybe seem to be just imprints of, of events that cause great trauma, stress, fear, emotion, you know, things like murder, rape, theft, lo losing a loved one, suicide. These are great, greatly traumatic for human beings, right? Lots of emotion. Some people believe this emotion, this, this energy can somehow be imprinted on an environment, uh, on a building, on an area, somehow. And so these EVPs are just kind of repeats. They're like, a, um, you know, like a, some hauntings are like this also. You know, re residual haunting. A ghost just appears and does something over and over. And it doesn't realize any humans are around it. Possibly, right? Some kind of a negative imprint of emotional energy. That's always a possibility. Uh, I always leave open the possibility that the paranormal evidence we have for ghosts is really demons trying to trick us. This is another idea. I do believe this about poltergeists in general. I don't think poltergeists or human spirits could possibly be strong enough to do all that stuff and have all that knowledge. But maybe EVP are demons trying to trick us into believing they are human ghosts, whatever for whatever reason that might be whatever their motivation. I find that idea very scary. Yeah, so EVP, electronic voice phenomena, I believe that this is real. I think they're real, personally. I think the good ones are, are real. I actually, like I mentioned, recorded one back when I was ghost hunting. And like I said, I was alone in a cemetery, asked if anyone was there, heard nothing, went home, played it back, heard a clear yes, a voice, a whisper, but a loud whisper, yes. I'm sorry I don't have that EVP now. I've moved so much uh, since then. That was a long time ago. Who knows, it might be on a hard drive in a landfill by now, but I wish I had it, but I apologize, I don't. I just ask, you know, that please trust me, it really did happen. Um, before you go, first, let's get the like and subscribe out of the way first. Please like and subscribe to this channel on YouTube, or if you're listening on Podbean, uh, subscribe would be great, or any other uh, source of my podcast. But don't go yet. Uh, let me also flash my email if you prefer email. You can contact me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on EVP. If you have any EVP, please send me the audio file. I'd be delighted. I can even do another show, a follow-up to this. So the last thing I want to say, I, um, I'd really, really like to get back into ghost hunting. Uh, I, wanna, I would like to stream it here on Fangs and Folklore, including live streaming, including like setting up some live 24-7 ghost cams in haunted locations for people to watch. I think I could really do some great work. The problem is that as a starving artist, a writer, <laughs> and a very low-paid teacher, I just don't have the money to buy the equipment, the cameras and stuff. Some of that's expensive, okay? And so, uh, basically, um, I want to know if any of the listeners of Fangs and Folklore would like to contribute to that equipment fund and have me mention you on the air as a, as a sponsor or a, what you call it, a patron, right, of the show. If you'd like to donate or contribute, I'm going to flash up my PayPal address right here. Uh, I'm not begging, you know, I understand maybe no one wants to do this, which is fine. Eventually, I'll, I'll get to that point. If you do want to sponsor, that'd be great. Uh, we could get some really good material, really good ghost hunting, and like I said, 24-7 ghost cams and such. Uh, not begging, just seeing if anyone might be interested. Thought I'd have to ask. All right, got that out of the way. Let me know your thoughts on EVP, and tonight, as you... Uh, huh? The hell was that? Uh, I think I better go now. Um, so, as always, uh, sleep well, if you can. <laughs>